0: Greetings, fine gentlemen. Top of the week to you. I hope it's been phenomenal. Copper Star, welcome, fine sir. Good Kang. It's always good to have the Kangs. As you know, I am African myself. I was a Kang. I still am. Ah, Praise God. Praise God. So it's been a wonderful absolutely white pilling uh, moment on the timelines. This last couple days, it's been frankly phenomenal. The dog piling on uh, uh, Jesse Kelly, I think is the gentleman's name, a classic uh, con Inc style boomer con uh, commentator, pundit type guy, I think, I mean, I don't follow him, but from what I gather, his tweet on uh, kicking his sons out at 18, you know, uh, it really is a um, absolute white pill to go and just see how everybody's been dragging on him. I'm like, there's been a shift in consciousness. Like almost everybody in the comments and the retweets are like, you know, it's like, nope, uh, we're looking after our family. We're not repeating Boomer, Boomer con 2.0. Like we're not doing it. We're not gonna go live uh, on a golf course in Phoenix or Naples uh, while our children get indebted to institutions uh, and have to wage a war of survival against cartels, societies, and corporations. It's like, we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna do it. And my goodness, what a white what a change. You know, you, you think about this thing of like the, the next great awakening of the Christian faith, if you wanna call it that, it will be a return to families. It'll be a return to family, local, tribal life. You know, how did God intend the families to work, you know? of like this return of, of women not wanting to be feminists. You know, I, I I see God changing hearts. You know, women don't want to go get in debt to university and be banged by a hundred dudes and then go and be wasted in the workforce, working some HR slash random job for corporations that don't love you, you know? Uh, And then same with guys, this libertarian lie, it's time is up. You know, it's, it's, there's an absolute stirring of nationalism returning to the hearts of men. And that's wonderful. You know, this patriarch, patriarchal energy, you know, of, okay, wait, I'm not meant to be a libertarian. I'm not meant to escape. I'm not meant to be the innocent one. I don't know what's going on. Just leave me alone. And it's like, no, no, we're, we're, we're taking responsibility. We're, we're fulfilling our duties. Uh, family is good. Local is good. Tribal is good. And, um, (laughs) <laughs> and so it's just absolute absolutely ascendant you know i really do believe, do believe god has changed uh, he's changing the hearts of of this generation and of course the boomer cons are screeching you know like oh you know and the libs are screeching uh and the the lib, the enlightenment christians are all screeching You know, that's wonderful you know if we weren't ascendant there'd be no screeching you know if we weren't if we weren't uh breaking their control, if we weren't messing up their plans, there would be no screeching. You know, you wouldn't have Russell Moore typing up letters dissing on Christian nationalism if Christian nationalism wasn't a threat to them. You know, it's absolutely a threat. They're afraid. It's afraid. You know, it's afraid. So that's phenomenal. Uh, It's frankly phenomenal. And so I was just uh, having a good chat with my wife this morning and thinking through this whole thing of you know, what are, what are the golden calves, the idols, the sacred cows of our zeitgeist, you know, obviously feminism being, you know, a chief sacred cow, uh, and kind of the, the flip of the coin of feminism being libertarianism, you know, those are, those are two sacred cows to our zeitgeist, our generation, strong, independent, obnoxious woman, uh, independent of patriarchy independent of family independent of authority inverting roles and then likewise of libertarianism this is the exact same thing for men uh men bucking uh responsibility shirking their their duty uh, that God has made them for you know going it alone instead of building a clan and a multi-generational absolute family unit unvexed Chad welcome fine sir how does one like Moore justify his stance? Against Christian nationalism. I didn't even read the article to be honest. I couldn't care less. I know they're a bunch of soy You know, it's it's here's the deal man When you look at who funds them, it's all these kind of like soros open society foundation e vibe, you know, uh, what do they call them the? Council on foreign relations and like you look into all these societies that are, are funded by these global, you know Global initiatives and and all those things like they want the erasure of borders so that, so that central banks and corporations can do what they please. They can drive down wages. They can have access to every market, my free market. You know, these same libertarian think tanks are being paid from the same purse as these seminary midwits. They're all preaching the same thing, which is rampant individualism. You know, of like, well, as long as you're saved, you know, we don't, it's not a gospel issue, you know. And it's like, no, 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 like you want the destruction of the nations. You know, here's, here is the the crux of the matter god's mandate god's agenda god's agenda 2030 god's interests are to disciple the nations we are to disciple the nations so if you're an enemy of god what do you want to do destroy the nations before they can be discipled so that's that's all these open society foundation stuff it's one world globo globo harmony global harmon- harmony, no nations you know it's because they they are petrified and again, it's like, okay, they, they're afraid. And that's why they have to write all this trash and this garbage because we're not swallowing it. We're not going along like little obedient slaves. you know. So they would justify it this way. They would be like, I bet you right now it would have three things. It's not loving to exclude. It's not loving to exclude other people from coming to our economic zone. Number two, we are not meant to care about our ethnic heritage you know white people bad white people evil He wouldn't go as far to say that but he'd be like you hate brown people if you love your people you hate brown people and then like third it would be something like to the effect of you know israel is good jewish nationalism is good so uh it's good for us uh, and we can't be christian nationalists because that would be bad because uh, we can't force uh whores to stop going to university Uh, we can't force uh, the cartels to stop bringing their drugs that's just not Christian you know something something to that effect I'd probably I'd probably write a pretty darn good TGc article uh, if you want it uh, it'll be a 100 grand uh, I'll write that article for you the glory so I wanted to to hit on that sacred cow today so so a second sacred cow in our zeitgeist has to do with race with biblical race you know it says in acts 17 that God created from one blood, all nations of the earth, all all the nations of the earth. And he ordained their boundaries and their times. You know, so so on one hand, we're not Christian identity of like, well, only the white people are blessed because that's just a, an offshoot of, of Zionism, of Judaism, right? Which is, which still, by the way, if you go into the Talmud, if you go into, you know, any good old, you know, good, uh, w- w- Orthodox believing Jew, they believe they are the chosen race. they are the they are God's chosen people. and every other race uh, exists as cattle, as just they're just here to serve us and and we are the chosen race. we are the blessed ones. We are the 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 people of God only. you know you no one else is. so that that's the other side of this is christian identity, which which goes to say, like no, actually, the Jews are disinherited, which which is correct, which I believe. Uh, but now it's the white boys. It's the it's the white boys that are the only and everyone else is Goyim, everyone else is cattle. And it's like, no, Acts 17 uh refutes that, you know, the gospel is for every man. The gospel is for black, yellow, white, brown, whatever your ethnicity, you are of one blood, Adam. And I suppose then by by that means Moses. Uh sorry, not Moses, uh Noah. I always get Moses and Noah mixed up. But there we go. From Noah. <clears throat> and then we are of one blood, Christ, right? So Christ shed his blood once and for all, that all men may be saved. That all. Not, you know, not that the chosen race would be saved. That all men would be saved. Right? So so we've established this, right? Being an a being a Christian nationalist does not mean, oh you bastard, you're a you 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 know you hate the the browns you hate the blacks you hate the atlas like no 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 the gospel is for all you know this is my this is my my clear standpoint on this nation nationhood for every tribe and tongue and then Christ for every nation that's my stance on this i believe every nation i believe every tribe and tongue should have sovereignty economic and political and cultural sovereignty they shouldn't be enslaved they shouldn't be oppressed they shouldn't be uh Parasited uh, by people who are not being who are not being respectful. You know, they should have sovereignty. And then in that place, it's so it says act 17, I think 26. It says God has ordained their boundaries in their times that they may grope for him and find him among their in their own place among their own people. You know, so of course send missionaries, of course, go and preach the gospel. That's wonderful. But they are to find God's they are to walk out God's ways among their own people you don't have to come to america to become a christian but that's kind of the the civic nationalist globalist liberal uh heresy if you want to call it that is that american is synonymous for christian you know so you've got to come to america to be saved america is heaven on earth so so if you're a poor little black person in haiti or in africa you know Oh, you know, it's only it's only loving that he could come to America, you know, that a Somali could come to Minnesota and become a Christian. You know, and it's like, did he become a Christian? No, that's not important. What's important is our witness to him that we allow him the opportunity, you know, and it's like uh, absolute garbage. So this this whole idea uh that as a Christian nationalist we we're not christian identity we're not zionists uh but at the same time we're also not civic nationalists you know so this is the great the great problem that that we f- fall into And this is what my wife and i were chatting about today is this civic nationalist fear of hurting the other races of hurting the other ethnic's feelings you know of you know well you know it's okay for blacks to have black church it's okay for the Ukrainians to have Ukrainian church. It's okay for the Koreans to have Korean church. Oof, but if, if us Americans, cause you know, America was predominantly a white country. So I'm not going to say us whites, but, but for this instance, let me say it as Americans, if us Americans have American church, well, that's mean. You know, that's mean that, that this is an American, you know, we, we cater to the interests, you know, the Korean church caters to the interests of the Korean parish, of all its Korean parishioners. I'm going to talk Korean to them. I'm going to use Korean analogies. We're going to have Korean meals and events and celebrations and festivities. We're going to have Korean mannerisms and customs and expectations. I'm going to cater to the interests of my Korean people in a Christian way, to the, unto the glory of the Lord, as to the Lord. God bless no one has a problem with that. Same with the black church, right? Black church are going to cater to the interests of their black congregants, of their black community, of like, we're going to, what are the interests of my black people? And we're going to cater to that as unto the glory of God, as unto the Lord, and God bless them for that. But the moment an American guy says, you know, what are the manners and the customs and the expectations of my people? We're, gonna, we're going to cater to those interests. Well, what if there's one black guy in the church? We can't do that. What if there's one Hispanic guy in the church? We can't do that. And it's like, of course we can. You know, I was just, the analogy was like with my, my wife. If I had to stand up in church and say, I love my wife and I cater to my wife's preferences over every other woman in this church, all the other women in the church aren't gonna be like, uh, he, he's a bastard, he's Hitler Nazi. It's like, no, it's like, yeah. That's his wife. He takes care of her interests. It's the same like if a black guy had to come to a white church or if a white guy had to go to a black church, right? So if a white guy goes to a black church and the black pastor stands up and says, welcome, brothers and sisters, Uh, we cater to the interests of this black community. I'd be like, yeah, makes sense. Not offended. I'm a white guy in a black church. But now you, you reverse the roles, right? And you get these civic nationalist white guys who are so petrified of offending the one black visitor or the one Hispanic visitor or the one Asian visitor. I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to have to say all people now I'm going to have to, Ooh, we can't have our, our German heritage festival anymore because, well, there's a Korean guy Well, I can't, I can't have our Anglo festival here. What if I offend? It's like, he's not going to be offended. He understands you're a bunch of lily white boys. You do white boy things. You do white boy interests. Like, you know, so it's just this incredible psyop that we've been brought into of like, if you say you love your wife, well, you hate other women. I it's like, no, I don't. I don't, I, like that's preposterous. Well, it's like, I love my people. I love white people. I love living around white people. I love working with white people. I love being around my people. Well, you hate other people. It's like, no, that's preposterous. star. Well, I passed out, but now I'm here. Sorry for the tardiness. Well, welcome, fine, sir. I don't like the Browns, but I don't deny that I'll see them in heaven. Ethereal. Good day, boys. Welcome, Afro NRX. It's good to ensure everyone has a place and a people. Yeah, praise God, man. Praise God. And that's it. You know, copper star. You don't. It's it's exactly that, man. You know, if some if some other guys like, I I don't like white people. Like I want to live in a Korean neighborhood and never see a, a white person ever again. Like. God bless. God bless. You're not coming over and murdering me. You're not coming over and you know, like doing me harm. If I can't come to your house, that's not harmful. If I can't come to your shop, like who cares? You know, who cares? And it's a wonderful thing, you know, of like, that's how peace is kept. You know, if, if a young lady is afraid of men. Like if something happened to her where a man abused or whatever, and she's afraid of men and she's like, I'm not going to go anywhere where there's men. I'm not going to invite men over to my house. I'm not going to do business, my service or trade that I do for men. It's like, yeah, makes sense. It's how you keep the peace. Like You don't want to be angry and and distrustful and fighting men. Like Yeah, separation creates peace. Fine, more than fine. It's the same with the races, you know. If if some black guy is like, ah, I bloody hate the whites, and it's like that's fine. Now the the two options are: you can go and kill every white person you see, or or do them harm or or malice, or you can peacefully separate and be like, I'm never gonna, I'm not gonna go to white places, I'm not gonna frequent white businesses, and it's like, yeah, good on you, brother. You've chosen the more peaceful way. Like that's fine. You know, it's like the story of the Good Samaritan. The good the the Samaritans. And the Jews, they were, they were, they were tribally incompatible. They did, you know, the Jews absolutely hated the, 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 Sumer, Sumerian, Samaritans, and, and vice versa. I'm sure to the point where they wouldn't walk through each other's neighborhoods, they wouldn't walk and frequent each other's businesses, but Jesus gives this amazing story. You know, one day there's a Jew who is robbed and beaten and left for dead on a highway on a, on a public space. And his own people do not look after him. His own people cross the other side of the street and, and look away. And a Samaritan comes by, a good Samaritan, a good man. And it's interesting that he uses the word a good Samaritan. Because in, in to the Jews he was speaking to, Samaritans were absolutely, you know, it's like, if it's as if I was speaking to a liberal, a group of liberals. And I said, a, a MAGA hat, Trump loving, F-150 driving Coal mining, steak eating, gun shooting, Louisiana deep bayou redneck who kicked a puppy and swore at a black man was walking down the road. It's that offensive of like, it's that culturally like the Samaritans. So for, for, for Jesus to say there was a good Samaritan, right? Because what, what good comes from Samaria? What, what good, like Samaritans are a bunch of absolute garbage, dirt trash. You know, to the Jews. So Jesus says a good Samaritan, right? Amazing. You know, a good, you know, it would be for us, right? What we think of the liberals probably you know, It's like a good liberal was walking down the road, you know, a good Trumpist, a good conservative, a good trad, a good Christian nationalist, whatever you want to call it, was walking down the road. And so he sees this Jew is in need of help. You know, it's this whole thing of like chaps, you can love your own people. You can love your own place. You can be a nationalist of nationalists and you can see another man of another people in another place and have compassion in your heart. And so this guy has compassion in his heart. He doesn't take him back to Samaria. He doesn't take him back to his home, you know, and then you're like, oh guys, we have to relocate this poor refugee back in our home. He's like, no, I'm gonna take him to his own people. So he takes him to a Jewish innkeeper, right? This is an immense shame. He's basically shaming the Jews into looking after their own man. What are inns? Inns are places where prostitutes are used. You know, he's paying the innkeeper to look after his own people, his own person. He's basically saying, he's basically, he's basically shaming their patriarchs, their people for not loving their people, having to be paid to love their people by a foreigner. You know, what a shame. But he says to him, he's like, hey, look after this man, nurse him back to health. I'll, I'll, out of the generosity of my heart, shame you uh, by paying for this man's recovery. And then he goes on his way, you know, and it says he comes back to check that it had been done, but it's like, never saw the guy again. Never saw the guy again. He went back to Samaria. He went back to Jew life. And it's like, never saw each other again. And you can have these wonderful moments of generosity, of compassion for other people, but you don't bring them back to your house. You don't bring them back to your community and be like, oh, the refugees, you know, oh, Somalia, bring them to Minnesota. It's like, you know, what a terrible, what a terrible love of your neighbor. You know, if you were the NGO, and it's exactly that. It's it's not the people of, of Minnesota who, who brought these Somalis there, but it's, it's these NGOs. It's these corporatist elite NGOs who are not Americans. They don't love America. They don't love the people in place. And they're like, oh, let's resettle Somalis to Minnesota. It's like, Do you think that's loving to Somalis to bring them, you know, from stone age, survival lifestyle, war zone lifestyle, and drop them in a first world, Scandinavian, sophisticated information age, cold ass city. It's like, that's terror. You know, do you know how hard it's been for me to assimilate to America? I'm, I'm a, I'm a, an English speaking, uh, information age, white person from Africa. And you know how hard it's been for me to assimilate into America. Of like, you know, there's a lot of customs. There's a lot of social credit that I have not accumulated of how to easily navigate life here. Now it's made easier by the fact that I speak English, that I worship the same God that I'm married in to a, a patronage network into a family with roots that I that I thank God ha, uh, honor the people and have favor with them and they want to look after me and overlook my bumbles and all of that kind of stuff praise God but imagine you come over you can't speak the language you worship a different god you you are completely incompatible with all the values and adjacencies of culture and you're you're now like there we go we loved you you know, here's your welfare check, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not loving to them. Number two, do you think that was loving to the Minnesota people who now have little Mogadishu absolutely destroying their way of life, destroying their property values, destroying, you know, there's ladies being raped, there's children being killed and and molested. There's, you know, there's there's public spaces that have been forever lost. You know, it's like, that's not loving to them it's punishment on them it's punishment you know so what is the right way the right way is christian nationalism so if you see somalia is absolutely a freaking crap show and an absolute hellhole on earth of violence and poverty the answer is not liberal globalism let's bring all of somalia including all the people who are are the problem Minnesota. Like that'll magic dirt. That'll solve it. It's like, no, no, no. You disciple the nation. You disciple the patriarchs. Who are the patriarchs here? They need to start taking care of their families. Who are the patriarchs here? They need to start taking care of their local areas. Who are the patriarchs here? They need to start taking care of their tribes. And it's like majority of NGO work is like, let's dump money, let's dump food on the political elite of each country, you know, of the warlords or of the of the corporatists of each country. And it's like you're entrenching. Hell, you're entrenching hell. And it's like, you'd be better to leave them alone. You know, it's like, oh, Scott, you're leaving the Somalis to die in their own hell hole. And it's like, no, the moment they stop expecting American missionaries to come and help them is the moment they start sorting out their crap. You know, the moment they stop getting free handouts and free tickets and free everything, it's like, that's when they have to start sorting their crap out, you know? So anyway. Uh, James, welcome brother. Goes right back to being falsely shamed for your own nature. Also men folding to the upset woman. Yeah. Thank you. You're, you're bringing me back on here. I rabbit trailed. So the argument that feminists use is Galatians three to say, uh, you know, that patriarchy, how do we discredit patriarchy? Galatians three, there is now no male or female in Christ. There's now no slave or or free. There's no Greek or Jew in Christ. See, no male or female, woman can be a pastor, no male or female, no more patriarchy, no male or female. Well, actually, not only no male or female, but men are evil for having oppressed women for all these thousands of years. It's time for women to punish men and take charge and boss babe and ministry babe and all this kind of stuff. So they use that that scripture, no male or female, right? The same is used in nationalism of no Greek or Jew. You know, they're like, oh, no Greek or Jew. See, no Greek or Jew, no boundaries, no tribes, no ethnicities. And then everyone's like, oh man, they're right. Okay, fine, fine. I'll be an egalitarian globalist, fine. I was like, that's not what that scripture is talking about. No Jew or Greek, no slave or free, no male or female can stop you. No matter what your hardware is, can stop you from receiving Abraham's blessing from receiving Christ's salvation. So what Galatians three is talking about is that the old covenant, the old uh, special boys, the Jews, you had to be a freestanding Jewish man to access, to be in good standing of the blessings of Abraham. You know, you were the chosen people, a freestanding Jewish man. That was the apex of God's blessing and chosenness. If you were a slave woman, goy, Greek, No blessing for you, no blessing for you, no blessing for you. So what, what Paul's getting at here, did Paul write Galatians, galaxy brains, Theo bros? I don't know. What he's getting at here is this thing of, okay, now in Christ, you could literally be the lowest of the low hardware wise. You could literally be a Greek slave woman and receive the blessings of Abraham through Christ's shed blood for you. Hallelujah. You know, wow. That's life-changing. That is life-changing. It's literally disinheriting the Jews from their special boy privilege, exclusivity. Now it's open to everybody. What an offense. What an offense of the gospel, right? And so this hardware issue does not fall away because we go to the book of Philemon, as I would say, it, but Philemon, as some of you would say it. You go to the book of Philemon, And it's dealing with a slave, a Christian slave. So a guy becomes a Christian and he tries to run away from being a slave to start a new life. And Paul writes to him, "Is like, no, dude, you're a Christian slave. Your hardware did not fall away. You still have to walk out the duties and responsibilities of your hardware. If you're a slave, well, now you're a blessed slave. Now you're a Christian slave. You now work as a slave and all that that entails as unto the Lord. Go back and do it as unto the Lord. If you are a woman, well, now you're a woman as unto the Lord. Go in and submit to your husband and all that that entails as unto the Lord. Like God will bless that. God will bless you as a slave. God will bless you as a woman. Like, you know, this whole thing of like, oh, women have to submit to bastard patriarchal husbands. How could God ever bless them? And it's like, God will bless you. God bless Joseph. You know, Joseph was a slave his whole life. That's the offense of the gospel. Joseph was never freed. Yet, So Galatians 3, there's no man, male or female. Well, now that I'm saved, now that I'm in Christ, I don't, I don't now, oh, I'm a Christian baby and say cheers to my wife because my hardware falls away. It's like, no, I'm still a man. I'm still married. And so I now work out those duties now as unto the Lord, right? So Christ has become my new software. So my old hardware, man, Anglo, citizen of South Africa. <clears throat> and you know, like that's my hardware position right now. If you want to use those three metrics, man, Anglo citizen of South Africa, none of that falls away. Man, Anglo citizen of South Africa, husband of my wife, uh, member of my, my family, uh, you know, with all of, of my familial ties. Uh, none of that, you know, Uh, In, you know, my bank account, my lease agreements, my contracts, none of this falls away when I become a Christian. It's just that this hardware, this context, this, this life that I have to live through now has a new operating system, a new guiding star, a new pilot system, Christ. Christ is now Lord over that hardware. You know, so it's like, it's, it's battling this Gnosticism, right? This Gnosticism is like, Oh, throw you know, go brick yourself up into a monastery in the desert because none of this life matters. What matters is communion with me and God in a spiritual form. And one day I shall die and pass from this mortal coil into ethereal bliss forevermore. Amen. You know, of like that Gnostic ass crap is applied in a way to us here. And and this is why there's so much craziness in the world of like no more gender roles because, oh, that's just a, you know, that's abrogated. You know, why is there so much divorce? Oh, I don't have to fulfill my, my obligations. Why is there so much just absolute crap? It's because we throw our hardware away and try and expect just an operating system to just have an amorphous blob of Gnostic etherealness, walk it through life. It's like, no chaps, I'm a man, husband, son, brother, uh, hopefully soon father, uh, you know, business owner, property owner, uh, contract, you know, contractor or lease lease or, or, you know, what are all my obligations that I have, you know, citizen of this place or resident of this place, you know, what authority do I sit in, you know, a member of this board, member of that association, blah, blah, blah. That is my hardware that I now work out as unto Christ and as a blessed man doing it. And so I feel like, especially in like the kind of reformed world, this patriarchal world, we've got this first part, right? No male or female. We've repudiated that. I'm like, no, 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 chaps. This doesn't fall away. It's good to be a man. It's good to be a patriarch. It's good to fulfill duties. It's good to have a family. It's good to have gender roles. It's good for a woman to submit. It's good for a man to lead. It's good to be confident. It's good to be on mission. Uh, you know, uh, sexual market value is real. Uh, you know, masculine, feminine, polarity and energy, like, okay, we're getting this, but there's still, it's still kicking and screaming the rest of the liberal world. Are like, Ooh, like I, I'm a complementarian, I'm egalitarian, you know, it's like, so, but a ton of us are now at this place. We're like, yeah, it's okay. It's good to be a man. It's good to be a patriarch. This is great. So, so take on the first one. We're moving to the second one now, right? Which is still a huge idol, uh, in our culture, in our church, even in our popular church, which is, well, there's no gr- Greek or Jew. Nationalism is bad. Nationalism is evil. And when liberals say that, what they're trying to get at, they're, they're soft mott and ing they're soft framing. You know, so when someone says uh, we're non-political, it means that there, it doesn't mean that there's no politics, it means there's no right-wing politics. When someone says we're, uh, we're uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like uh, pro-diversity, it doesn't mean that uh, there's one of each race, it means no white people are in charge or or are significant. Uh, there was another one I was thinking of. But anyway, it's a motemeli, right? So the soft wording, but they want to go for a harder meaning. You know, so so for the, the masculine one, they're like, oh, you know, men and women are equal. That's their soft framing. But what they're going for is men deserve punishment and men are, are evil and women aren't. So it's the same way with now no Jew or Greek, right? They're trying to put this thing out where it's like there's no nations where all, you know, all people are the same. All people are worthy of respect. That's the soft frame. The hard frame is but whites are evil. Whites are are a sin. It's a sin to be white. You know, that's why. Like you see that thing with a poster of like, is it okay to be white? Like I remember when that first came out, I was like, ooh, I don't know if I can share that. Like, if I share it's okay to be white, people are gonna think I'm I'm a racist, and I, I might not be able to work a job, and and what will my, they say to my family? And, and it's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, it's okay to be Indian? Yeah, of course it is. It's good to be Indian. It's okay to be Chinese? Yeah, of course. It's good to be Chinese. It's okay to be Zulu? Yeah, of course. It's good to be Zulu. Praise God. It's okay to be Mexican? Yeah, of course, man. Good. Praise God. Yeah, it's okay to be Anglo? Or it's okay to be white? And it's like, ooh, let's suspend whoever put that up. You know, let's, let's fire that person. And so they are betraying a hatred for white people that is pushed through a soft, Framing of, you know, we don't believe in any tribalism, but they're, but they look over the tribalism of everybody else. So here's what we have to understand as Christian nationalists, or just as Christians, you know, because a lot of guys, hopefully, who watch this aren't going to be nationalists yet. You know, you're still on this thing of like, I don't know, like, you know, here's the thing every tribe, let's start it this way every family has its own interests, you know. So for me, my interests are my wife's. Well-being, and praise God when I eventually have children, my children's well-being. So that are that is my interest, right? And then also there's some periphery interests. Like I'm very concerned about my family members, you know, uh, our, my parents and parents-in-laws, our, our extended brothers, sisters, cousins, nephews, nieces, etc. I care for their well-being. I take interest in their success, their peace, their prosperity, uh, their heart off to God. I, those are my interests. Those are the foremost interests in my life. And so Paul says, "You are worse than an unbeliever if you do not take care of your family, of your wife, of their interests." You know, and and obviously the basic interests there of being safety and protection, uh, provision, protection. But but there's there's Maslow's hierarchy of interests of your family, and then it goes to your tribe. You know, and this is where the huge psyop comes in. You know, so Zulu guys have their own interests. Like if I went back to Natal right now. I can tell you there's about three factions of Zulu dudes. There's the monarchist Zulu dudes. Well, what are their interests? Their interests are getting the king back on the throne, sovereignty of the Zulu, you know, getting political power. They want nationalism for for the Zulus. You know, then there's another group of Zulus who are more urban and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? urbane and and liberal and chic. And their whole thing is trying to climb the ranks of the national, of the Pan-Africanist nationalist system to try and get onto the gravy train and become wealthy and elite, you know? And then your third group of Zulus are just your dudes who are like, man, I just want, I want a family or, you know, I want like four wives. I want like 20 kids. I want some land. I want some cows. I want to drink beer on a Friday with my bros. uh, I want a job that, Facilitates all of this. Uh, and it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Like, that's my, those are my interests, you know. So there's all of these interests, you know, and it's like any Christian, liberal, rando Christian would be like, of course, that's, uh, that's, uh, it's quite sensible. That's quite sensible that those are your interests and that you would arrange your life to pursue those interests. That, that's quite expected. That's quite understandable. So you, you now go to Minnesota. And you have some lily white, uh, for fifth, sixth generation Scandi American boy. And you ask, you know, there's probably three camps there, you know, and you're like, Hey, what are your interests? You know? And one guy's like, Hey man, I just want, I just want a house in the burbs. I want my, my wife home. Uh, and I want my kids to be able to not, uh, be molested or murdered, uh, by driving down the street. Like th- those are my interests, you know? And then another guy's probably like, you know, again, you have the scale of interest, but it's like, those are my interests. You take that same liberal uh, Christian and be like, is that okay? Is that okay? And it's like, how dare that selfish white devil have interests if his interests are not the loving of minority refugees. Like that is the only interests that he is allowed. You know, it's like this total inversion of like this, it's only white people who are not allowed to have their own interests who are not allowed to look after their own interests because it's somehow evil. So when you realize you've got to go back to this thing, of like chaps, our hardware doesn't fall away. My, my Anglo South African context, hardware network of family and tribe, you know, my wife's Midwest Germanic context and network and tribe, doesn't fall away once we become Christian. It's just that it now we we now use that as unto the Lord. It's now sanctified as unto the Lord, you know? And so it's like, okay, what are our duties? You know, so our duties are to the poor and the widow of our people. You know, the duties are to uh, uphold, you know, to pray for the peace of our people, to, to work for the peace and prosperity of our people, that God may be glorified. Those are our interests, you know, here in America it's like my interests are that, you know, this little Midwestern town that I live in, you know, that, that we would actually have some love for our people in our place that we would have some form of localism that we would have some form of like that Walmart would be destroyed. You know, that Kroger would be destroyed and that we would have a local food system that we would have local mom and pop shops that we would have local industry again that we would have a thriving family uh, you know where where men can uh, go and work a job 40 hours a week and support their whole family you know have a nice big family of at least six seven eight children uh, and their wife can be home and homeschool their their children or because it's our people in our place, our institutions here's my interest. Our institutions serve our people in place, you know? So the local school is not serving Globo Homo. The local school is not serving the teachers' union's interests. The local school is not serving uh, some corporatist banker's interests. The local school is not serving a bunch of pedophiles' interests. No, the local school is serving the interests of the mom and dads and all the kids in this local area. What are their interests? You know, that's how the school institution should be shaped to serve their interests you know it's like the local economy you know the the interests of this local economy are not big line go up you know my interests for my people are not big line go up you know gdp nationalism it's like no like i want a thousand percent tariffs on all outside industry you know we want our own manufacturing again we want our own produce again you know we don't want vertical integrators that just suck money out into some random corporate headquarters somewhere. It's like, nah, we want local, excuse me. We want local mom and pop businesses to be ascendant in our towns. You know, those are our interests. We don't want thousands of Somalis being dropped into our towns. That's, you know, we don't want drugs and opioid cartels coming into our, it's like, you know, my interests are for the the peace and prosperity of my people in place. You know, and it's like that is a wonderful thing. That's a Christian thing. That's loving your neighbor. How do you love your neighbor by working toward their best interests? Copper Star, imagine a black fella coming to the white church and hearing about the Klan rally that's going to take place later that night. Well, by Klan rally, you mean a fish fry drive-through at the local Catholic joint. Mr. Max, welcome, fine sir. I'm late. But Fuentes had a very good rant yesterday about this kicking the kids at 18 nonsense, dude. It was I'm I'm so pumped about it. I'll, I want to go in and and uh, watch Fuentes' take on it. It'll be great. <clears throat> Copper Star Magic Dirt only works if you're putting the problem under the dirt. afro to be honest, some of the bad patriarchs are propped up by Western forces. Yeah, exactly that, man. That's you know in Africa, dude. It's like, you know, you look at South Africa. South Africa is propped up by the UN, by American charities and NGOs, uh, by Chinese loans. Like the, the ANC would have collapsed years ago, you know? And it's like, they're propped up, they're propped up. And I'm sure it's the same elsewhere in Africa, you know? Matt, welcome, fine sir. Happy Friday, and Canadian. Howdy brother. Copper Star, I always took that as no Greek or Jews are to be given entrance into the church. Thought it was rough, but okay. <laughs> Matt, fifth genera- generation Minnesota Scandy boy. Yo, that's me, representing. Mr. Max, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. St. Paul in the letter to the Romans. So good, bro. It was today's lecture for us Catholics. I thought it was interesting. Race is recognized in this passage. Exactly that, man. And that's the heart, you know, that's the heart of Paul is like, like God, save my people, save my people. And of course, Paul had, had compassion for other people. You know, a Jew, you know, we become a Jew to, to reach the Jews, become a Greek to re- reach the Greeks. That's fine, you go preach the gospel. But it's like in his heart, he loved his people. He loved his people. And it's like, God, you know, I don't want to see my, my people dispossessed of the blessing. It's like, you know. And that's the anguish, anguish we're feeling as Christian nationalists. You know, that's why there's a bit of anger. There's a bit of sadness. There's a bit of, uh, yeah, righteous anger is what I would call it, of like our underclass. You know, our underclass, you know, nihilism, despair, opioids, uh, sugar, soy, uh, corn syrup, you know, uh, you know, all these poisons, you know, fluoride, whatever, it's like, you know, cheap, uh, cheap junk, you know, even cheaper, you know, a job competition, you know, housing market through the roof. It's like, who has compassion on our on our underclass? Who is who is absolutely compassion filled with compassion for our underclass? You know, and not even our underclass. You know, that's this whole rant on the 18 year old thing of kicking the kids out at 18, of like, who has compassion for young kids, you know, like who has compassion for the next generation of our people? You know, and if you had compassion, you know, you would you would be you would be working for the interests of the underclass. We need to drive the underclass out of poverty and violence. We need to prepare the next generation so that they are not fighting survival uh, games against full on cartels, corporations, and societies. You know, and it's like those are our interests. You know, and it's like I, I feel like Christian nationalists are the only ones who have a non-boog solution, you know, to this. Because that's the other thing, you know, it's okay to to be a, a hard, a hard, a hard pagan nationalist who's just like, yeah, let's go boog, you know, I don't really care, let's let's go spill blood. And it's like, guys, that that is that's opening a blood feud, you know. That is, you know, we see that from World War II, you know. As successful as they were immediately, you know, it's, you have to deal with an institutional, it's banking and media, banking, media, and academia. You have to deal with the culture. You have to deal with, you know, this, without God, these solutions are always going to lead to blood feuds. And when it comes to blood feuds, you know, there, there's no end of the NPC drones that will be sent against you. Praise God. So all of this to say gentlemen is that it's okay to have our own interests you know you should have interests if you don't have interests you're you're a you're a deadbeat you know deadbeats are men who have no interests they're not working towards any interests you know they're like they they have lost hope of ever of ever uh achieving their interests or taking care of their interests you know of like well there's no good woman i'm you know there's no hope Well, there's no good schools, there's no hope. Well, there's no good jobs, there's no hope. Well, there's no, you know, whatever the thing is and they lose hope and they have nihilism and despair and they become a deadbeat. You know, whereas for us, we're kings. We're the kings that Christ is king of, we're agents of his. And this is why I say it has to be a Christian nationalist response that we have to lead of like, chaps, it's good to love your people. It's good to love your place. It's good to pursue the interests of your people and place and do it with the full blessing of God. We don't fold. We don't have nihilism. We don't have despair. In fact, we're quite white-pilled. We've got a plan. You know, we're building our patriarchal families. We're building our local economies. We're building our tribal institutions. We're going hard because we expect full victory, you know? And it's like this whole narrative is crumbling. That's why they're reing so hard, you know? And so for me, I just feel this is the the next big idol uh, to fall. You know, this is the, the next uh, prophets of Baal, you know, of like, chaps, we won't be, we won't be ashamed of loving our people and loving our place. We won't be ashamed of being white or whatever ethnicity you are. Don't be ashamed, you know, but unfortunately this is primarily a a white pathology of being guilt ridden for being white. It's like, you can't change that. That is who God made me. And so if God made me it, he made me good. You know, it's like God saying to Peter of like, don't call, don't call dirty what I have called clean, you know? And it's like, man, God made us good. Don't call evil what God made good, you know? And so it's like, you don't take pride, in like my whiteness makes me special and saved. It's like, no, Christ makes me saved. And now I'm very thankful. I'm very grateful for my heritage. I'm very grateful to be an Anglo. I'm, you know, whatever you guys are, if you're a Scandi, if you're, if you're a Zulu, if you're a Japanese, if you're a Jew, whatever you are, like be grateful for the heritage that you are, because that is what God has created you to walk out this life in. So do it with honor, honor your mother and father, honor your forefathers, honor your heritage, you know? And again, you know, this question always comes up, well, well, I'm actually Irish, German, Russian, Italian. And it's like, honor all of it. You know, find what your heart is drawn to and honor it. Honor it, honor it, honor it. Live with interests for your people. You know, who is your family? And again, people then say like, well, Scott, who is your tribe? Chaps, tribe starts with four dudes who are right or die. You're like, yeah, love this guy. Uh, I would want my kids to marry his kids. Our, our interests are aligned. What are my interests? What are his interests? Our interests are like 80%, 90% aligned. Awesome, ride or die, this is my tribe, you know? And then, you know, you have 12 guys and you have 120 guys. And then maybe one day we have 7,000 guys and you got a tribe of dudes. And it's like, yeah, this is my tribe. You know, and there's going to be adjacent guys. You know, there's going to be African guys who are Christian nationalists. There's going to be Japanese guys who are Christian nationalists. There's going to be, you know, and it's like, we're adjacent, we can encourage each other. We can we can strengthen each other. We can, we can draw hope from each other, you know? Praise God, man, praise God you know, I saw that great meme the other day. It was like, uh, it was like the, the racist community is the most tolerant community on earth. They don't care what race you are as long as you're being racist. (laughs) And I was like, this is, this is wonderful. You know, it's obviously the leftist framing of racist, which of course, again, just means white. But in this essence, you know, you could replace the word with nationalists. Nationalists are the most welcoming community, as long as you're being a nationalist, as long as you are uh, honest about the interests of your people in place. I mean, that's the problem that we have with the corporate elites, with the with the media and academia and the banking elites is that they they obfuscate their interests of their people. They have a people, they have interests, you know? And it's like, it's the same with like all these dual jewel, jewel passport, dual jewel citizen people in America of like, it's okay. That's okay. That's fine. Like, it's not ideal, but be honest about it. Be honest, you know? If you don't care about you know, America degenerating. It's like, is that because you have somewhere else to go? Like, be honest about this, you know, disclose your interests, you know, praise God, Matt Scandi Anglo Alliance. When it's time for the Vikings and the Saxon Knights to team up. That's it, man. You know, and, and I think that's this, this joy, man. It's, uh, I mean, that happened in America, you know, America is its own tribal, uh, marrying of a few different tribes. You know, it's a wonderful thing. Copperstar, I admit that I struggle with an alternative to the Boog. Thanks again, boys. Yep. That's it, man. Keep that hula shirt for Florida and Hawaii and that's it, man. Matt, we teamed up once at the end of the Crusades. We can do it yet again under the banner of Christ. Copperstar, being an Irish German, I face an eternal war against the Anglo, that perfidious Albion. Yeah, man, you know, and, and, and we're in a new crusade. You know, we, we, we look at the, the Pash crusade. It was a misunderstanding. You know, they thought Jerusalem was the, the holy city. And they thought that Israel was the promised land, you know, and, and we come to see it now and it's like, whoa, 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 like, you know, where we are is the promised land, our people, our place is the promised land. You know, we are the, the people of God. We are the church of God. We are the, we are the inhabitants of the city of God where we are right here. You know, we are the new Jerusalem, Jerusalem above, you know? And so I think this is the new crusade. The new crusade is patriarchy, you know, a a rightful return to the ways of God with family, localism, a rightful return of the ways of God as far as economy and work and and right scale of living, Uh, and then tribalism, you know, the ways of God as far as the right, uh, the right treatment of your people, the right protections of your people from outside parasites, you know. And it's like, man, like what a return, what a crusade, you know. A a the next great awakening, as it were. Of like, man, like God is raising this desire up in the hearts of men everywhere, you know. And and this tide cannot be stopped. No matter how much Russell Moore writes essays, no matter how much CNN screeches, like this tide is is unstoppable, you know. Afroinurics Christ reconciles all men to Himself. Praise God, brother! Every tribe, every tongue will bow before the knee of Christ. Praise God, man! Will bow their knee to Christ before Christ. So praise God, gentlemen! I had a great, uh, great little chat with you, you lads. Um, gonna go watch the boys play ruggers tomorrow. Um, so that'll be sweet. Uh, and then I'm off to an undisclosed location uh, to go and work with my friend uh, Riley from Majesty's Men. So I will try uh, to stream uh, every day next week. But if we have a problem with Wi-Fi, I will let you all know. Um, I might even uh, I might even have uh, Riley pop on the, the live stream with us. I think that'll be pretty cool. But I'm looking forward to that. So chaps, I, I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, remember, What are the Lord's interests, steward creation, extend dominion, take dominion uh, and disciple the nations, you know, and then what are your family's interests? What are your tribe's interests? It's good to have interests. It's good to be assertive. Uh, It's good to be like reciprocity. You know, there's tribal resource wars out there. You know, each tribe is trying to get their resources, you know, and it's like, let's, let's negotiate. You know, we can, we can treat people well uh, and they can reciprocate and treat us well. You know, good fences make good neighbors. Uh, we can we can respect each other's interests, you yeah. know. So praise God, gentlemen, and we'll see you all next week, inshallah. And the Lord be praised.